for sweet peace and for faith to increase and have earnestly, fervently But you cannot have rest or be perfectly blessed until all on the altar is laid. Would you walk with our Lord in the light of his word and have peace and contentment always? must do his sweet will to be free from all ill on the altar your all you must lay is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid your heart does the spirit control peace and sweet rest as you yield him your body and soul who can tell the love he will send from above and how happy your hearts will be made of the fellowship sweet we shall share at his feet when our all on the altar is laid. Is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid? Your heart does the spirit control. You can peace and sweet rest as you yield him your body and soul is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid your heart does the spirit control you can sweet rest as you yield him your body and soul as you yield him your body and soul that song is key we would just yield our body and soul to the Lord, we would have the blessings of God in our lives. Amen. Ironically, that's the reason folks don't want to yield, because they, they think they know more than God, <laughs> and they, they want to have the blessings, and uh, they actually, it, it kind, of, kind of works against you, you know. <laughs> but just trust the Lord every area of your life. You'll never be disappointed. Uh, I want to appreciate, I want to thank you for, uh, for your love offering. Uh, it means a lot that you all would uh, give uh, toward the ministry and also for the, the monthly support 
uh, that you folks uh, send our way. That has been a blessing and uh, continues to be a blessing. It's a help. Uh, a lot of the churches I'm in are, are uh, smaller churches and, and um, you know, they can't do a whole lot. And I have never and never will uh, put a price on the ministry. If a preacher needs me, I'm on, I'm on my way. As uh, the schedule will permit it, I, I want to be there. And, uh, and it's, the, it's the monthly support that helps us carry on when otherwise I might have to uh, say, well, you know, I'm not sure if I can come right now. But anyways, uh, I appreciate y'all. I'm going to try to sing a song for you again, another one of Debbie's songs. Trust it will be a, a, a blessing to you. Sometimes the enemy approaches, he watches my life and he jeers. Why do you keep serving Jesus, struggling year after year? Look at the people around you, they're having an easier time. Then I fall on my knees before Jesus, and He gives me the strength to reply. There's no turning back for me. I have traveled this road too long. Jesus, my Savior, walks by my side and fills every day with a song. So I'll just keep serving my King. I owe Him everything. I have planted my feet on His promises sweet, and there's no turning back for me. No, there's no turning back for me. Then Satan changes his tactics. He gives me a pat on the back. You're such a great servant of Jesus. It's just recognition you lack. So soften your stand on the Bible. Stop preaching so hard against sin. Then I think of my Savior on Calvary. With such love, how can I give in? There's no turning back for me. I have traveled this road too long. Jesus, my Savior, walks by my side and fills every day with a song. So I'll just keep serving my King. I owe Him everything. I have planted my feet on His promises sweet, and there's no turning back for me. No, there's no turning back for me.
open your Bibles with me to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 9. Y'all have a good day today? Amen. I mean, this is a day the Lord hath made. <laughs> oh, it's just great to be alive. Great to be a Christian. Great to have an opportunity to, uh, to be in the house of God, to serve the Lord. And I'll tell you, it's, it's wonderful. I, I don't know what the world does. I can't, I can't imagine uh, life without the Lord. I just, I, I can't. I, I was saved at a young age, and uh, I, I don't know anything else. And, and I don't want to know. I don't, know what, I don't, I don't want to know what the other side's like, amen? I really don't. Uh, I, just, I just love it. Uh, Luke chapter 9, and we're going to begin in verse 57. If you have your place in the Scriptures and are able, would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? Luke 9 and verse 57. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. And the, but he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go and bid them farewell, which are at home in my father's house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, a lot of folks set out to serve the Lord and to follow the Lord and and, and uh, you know, sometimes they never, they never even get started, but many times they, they'll, they'll go a little well and, they, and, then, and then they'll find an excuse to quit, amen? They'll back up, they'll turn around, they'll go back, whatever. Uh, uh, they, 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 I'm, I'm following you, Lord, after I take care of all these other things I've got to do. We've got higher priorities many times than, than serving the Lord. And, and Jesus, Jesus said, he closes this out with a statement there in verse 62, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. The title of the message tonight, No Turning Back. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for the privilege of being in your house tonight. And Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Lord, give us what we need. Give us the, the resolve to follow you steadfastly all the way and to never turn back. God, speak to our hearts tonight. And we need you. I need you. I pray you touch me. I just want to be a blessing to these folks, and we'll thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. When I was a, a, a kid, oh, I guess I was probably um, 12, 12, 13 years old, something like that. I don't know. I might have been, might have been a little younger. I remember Dad taking me out in the field on the tractor, and, uh, and he, was, uh, he was going to teach me how to plow. And, and he... he uh, he told me some things. He says, he, you know, to start with, I mean, you know, you got to know how to hook equipment up and all that. And, and I, I'd already, already, uh, already knew how to do that kind of stuff, knew how to drive the tractor. But as far as, as, far as plowing the field, he took me out, into, out into, into one of the fields and showed me where to start. Start in the middle of the, the field. There's a, what they call a dead furrow. There's kind of like a ditch. 
and, uh, and you, you start in that, in that ditch there, in that dead furrow, but it's so easy to get off. That ditch is just very mild, you know what I mean? It's just been, it's been uh, uh, you know, farmed. I mean, you've pulled the disc and the harrow over it and planted over it and everything, so there's just a little dip there, but man, you want, you want a, straight, a straight furrow because when you plow your first furrow, everyone after that's going to follow that, all right? You, you know, so if you go crooked, everyone's going to go crooked all the way. And, and the, same, the same philosophy, the same thing went with planting corn or, or, or anything like that. You know, you, you start out, you want a nice straight line. I, I use that today when I'm mowing lawn. I use what Dad taught me as a kid uh, when I'm mowing lawn. That, that first pass with the mower, I, I, I'll, I'll mow along the driveway and I'm doing just fine. Then I get up to the house. And, a, and then I got a long pass going past the house. And, and, and I'll do the same thing Dad taught me. He says, get your eye on something on the edge the other end of the field where you want to go. He says, it might be a fence post, a tree. Uh, you, you might see an old weed sticking up. But see, get your eye on that on the other side. And don't, and don't, get your, don't take your eye off of it. And just, and just drive right to that. Keep your eye on it. And don't, don't look back. I remember him saying those words. Don't look back. I mean, our tendency is, I want to see how it's going back there. Am I turning the dirt? What's it look like behind me? You know, oh no, oh no. If you turn back, you'll go crooked. You got to keep your eye on that spot on the other end of the field and, and, and stay on that. Keep your eye on that. And, and when you get done, you've plowed a nice straight furrow. The rest of them, it's downhill from there. I mean, you just, the wheel drops in the, in the, in, in the furrow and you, and, and, you know, you, you got it. You got it made. It's, it's, it's easy after that. Uh, but he, he told me, so, so important to get that first furrow straight. Now, don't look back. Now, as a Christian, uh, Hebrews 12 and verse 2 tells us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our, of our faith, uh, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. Now, Jesus, we're to keep our eye on him. Okay, so let's, let's just put him out there somewhere, all right? And we're going to keep our eye on Jesus, and we're going to stay focused throughout our life, throughout our, our ministry, throughout our service to the Lord, and we're not going to look back. Now, why aren't we looking back? Because we don't want to plow a crooked furrow for Jesus either, amen? We, we, want, we want Him to be pleased with the job we've done in serving Him. If we, if we get off track and we get our eyes off of Christ, it's so easy to start going like this in our Christian life. And I, I remember a, 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 um, a thing my granddad used to say. Now, this was a, this was a long time. Um, Grandpa was... He was born July 4th, 1899. Okay, so he's, he's been with the Lord for a lot of years. But I remember way back, I remember, I remember Grandpa had a, had a little phrase he'd, he'd use. Uh, you know, we talked about folks that were inconsistent, you know. He'd say, on again, off again, on again, mulligan. <laughs> I don't know where he got that. I don't know, but that was his little saying. I don't want to be that kind of Christian, amen? I want to be on steady, amen? I don't want to, I don't want to be uh, wavering back and forth and, uh, and all. Uh, Philippians 3 and uh, verse 13, uh, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth, those things which are before I press toward the mark, toward the mark for the high, for the, for the high prize of the calling of Christ Jesus. I'm going to press toward the mark. I want to please my Lord. 
I, I want to finish well, amen? I, I, want, I want to do a great job for my Lord. Now, there's so many folks these days that are turning back from pleasing God. I, I, I mean, it's, it's almost the norm anymore. It's, it's so sad. Uh, and thank God, by the way, thank God for a church and a pastor that stand where they've always stood. That's almost rare today. I'm in a lot of good churches, okay, I, I, as far as that goes, but, but I'm selective what churches I go to, all right? And, and they're selective who they have, too. There's some churches I wouldn't go to, they wouldn't want me. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> feelings mutual, you know how that goes. But, um, but no, uh, <clears throat> I've been serving the Lord for a long time, uh, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not turning back. I'm not turning back. I, I, I have been serving him for over 50 years, and, and it's, not, it's, not time, it's not time to change now. It's not, it's not time, to, time to, to turn back. Joshua, as an old man, reaffirmed his position in, in 24 and verse 15 of Joshua. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a commitment that he made. Now, it wasn't, he really wasn't making the commitment. He had made the commitment in the past. But just in case you wonder, I still believe what I've always believed. And we're going to serve God. And I hope, that's your, I hope that's your prayer. I hope that's your heart. Teens, young folks, uh, make, a, make a decision to serve God with all your heart. I mean, make it now. And then when you're old like me, you won't have any regrets. Amen? Just, just, just stay, get, get involved in serving God and, and don't quit. Amen? Just stay on course and, and don't quit. Now, I'd like to touch on a few areas where many have compromised, but by God's grace, I'm not changing. Amen? Uh, first of all, number one, uh, for me, there's no turning back from the house of God. I mean, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, the Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Uh, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together in the house of God. Oh, there's so many folks that have turned back from, uh, from, from attending church. So many folks that have, that, have, that have gone back and they're no longer, no longer serving the Lord. They're no longer faithful into the house in the house of God. And, and honestly, as wicked as this world has become, we need, we need church now more than we ever have. And that's what the verse says, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. It's the day Christ is coming back, and the day that we look forward to, the day of the rapture, when the trumpet sounds. We're getting close to those days. We're getting close to that time, and we need the fellowship of the house of God. We need that. Uh, some have quit, uh, quit altogether. They, they, don't, they, just, they just don't go to church anymore. So many like that. Uh, and many, uh, sad to say, many rely on live stream rather than ascend, uh, attending the house of God. Now, now I, 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 I get it, okay? I'm all for technology, and, and thank God for that technology. It, it's, it's a blessing. It, it's an outreach tool. You can reach folks that, that, that wouldn't come to the house of God. You can reach people that, that would have no idea. You can reach unsafe folk. Uh, my pastor, my pastor's mother, when, when COVID first hit and churches were down and there was no, we were just ready to go with live stream. We were just working on it and had, you know, not knowing that COVID was going to come. And now all of a sudden, nobody's, go, nobody's going anywhere, right? And, uh, and, and we never missed a beat, started doing live stream. And his mother, his mother tuned in. She'd never come to hear him preach, but she, she'd watch him on the live stream. 
And she got saved during the course of, of that COVID time, watching her son preach on live stream. So, so I'm not saying it's a bad thing, okay? I'm not saying that at all. There are a lot of folks that are, that are sick and hospitals and, and various things uh, shut in, and, they, and they, can't, they, can't get to, they can't get to God. I mean, can't get to church. But, but it is not. Live stream, I'm sorry, is not a replacement for assembling. Church, by the very definition of the word, is an assembly. And, and, and you cannot assemble when you're not here. And there's something to be said for an assembly. We, 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 uh, we encourage one another just by our mere presence. Uh, when you say amen at home, the preacher can't hear it. Amen. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, there's something to be said for, for being together in the house of God. I, oh, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. You that are listening by live stream, I appreciate you. I'm glad you tuned in. And, 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 and very likely you, you can't be here for whatever reason. I get that. But let's not allow that to be a crutch. Let's get into the house of God, if at all possible. So important to be, uh, to be faithful, a uh, faithful attender in, in the house of the Lord. Uh, quite frankly, uh, apathy and laziness have way made, way made many a churchgoer today. I mean, they just, they just don't care. Uh, they, they just don't care. There's so many things that keep people out of church. Jobs, sports, camping, you know, so many things. And if you get an opportunity to take a vacation, you go camping, I'm all for it. But, but don't, take a, don't take a vacation from God. Amen? With, with, the, uh, with the technology, okay, we, we have some things available to us. I mean, you could be on vacation and watch your home church, watch your pastor preach while you're away. You, you, you can get on Google and you can find a church of like faith and doctrine. You can find a church like this church in whatever area you're in. More than likely, you'll find one within driving distance of wherever you're vacationing. Be in the house of God. Amen? Be in the house of God. There's no reason not to. Amen? Uh, but, but some folks look forward to this camping every weekend so they don't have to go to church. I remember a couple like that years ago, and I remember talking to them, and I was so concerned. I says, I says I'm, just, I'm just afraid that there'll come a time when you won't have a desire to be in the house of God anymore. Oh, no, 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 Brother Black, that's not going to happen. No, we just, we, just, we just like to camp in the summers, and uh, they'd go off to, a, to a, a, a park somewhere with their camper, and they'd sit, they'd sit there all summer. Well, not all summer. They'd come back, and they'd work during the week, but then on the weekend, they'd hightail it to the, to the lake or to the, to the camper, wherever it was parked, and take a vacation from God. Uh, and it wasn't long. Those, those folks, they were faithful folks in the house of God. But it wasn't long before you never saw them again. You never saw it. It happens, folks. Uh, oh, I'm telling you, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not turning back from the house of God. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. Uh, for me, there's no turning back from my fundamental Baptist heritage. Uh, it, it is not uncommon today to hear of folks taking the name Baptist off their church signs. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. I, I'm not doing it. You say, well, Brother Black, you're not a pastor. I know, but, I, but if I were, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not taking off my prayer card. I'm not taking off my website. And I'm not taking the Baptist books off my table. Amen. I'm Baptist through and through. Oh, I'll tell you what, uh, <clears throat> Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, uh, but thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Uh, Jesus built a church. He built a church personally during his ministry. And, and I, I fully believe, I firmly believe, uh, through the, uh, uh, the evidence of Scripture as, as well as history itself, I believe that the church that Jesus Christ started was a Baptist church. 
I refer to First Baptist Church of Jerusalem. I believe it was a Baptist church. The church that Jesus started was Baptist, and, uh, and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be Baptist. Amen? I'm not, I'm not changing. Now, uh, by the way, if that's a, a topic that maybe you're not real familiar with, I want to challenge you. Every Christian ought to read the little book, The Trail of Blood. i got to believe it's in your, in your bookstore, but, but if you need a copy, I, I have them on the book table. Uh, there's also a, a great little book, uh, Why I'm a Baptist for Teens. It breaks it down for young folks uh, to understand. There is a difference there is a difference. Uh, God, God uh, uh, wants us to follow His way. And He started a church. A lot of other folks started one too. But if I'm going to attend one, I'm going to attend one that, like He started. Amen? I'm going to attend one that, that, that's like, like He started. Now, now uh, <clears throat> Baptists stand for some things. And they've always stood on the Word of God. Today we know that, that to be our King James Bible. Okay, there, were, there was a time that not all that many years ago that a lot of folks didn't really understand the difference between some. There were a few, not many, but there were a few different versions. But, but, but we understand now. We know this, this is God's Word. And, and fundamental Baptists stand on the, on the Word of God. Uh, th- th- this, is, this is the only authority we have to exist. It's the only authority we have to, to, to base our doctrine on and base our lifestyle on. Everything we do is found in, in that book. And Baptists have always, have always uh, stood on that. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. We need the Word of God. And Baptists have always stood on, on, the, on the Word of God and have never erred from that. Now, now some folks, uh, they've kept the right book. Amen. Uh, they'll, they'll proudly uh, carry their King James Bible, but they've turned back from reading it. How many folks, as it's time to leave for church? Hey, hey, honey, you, have you seen my Bible anywhere? <laughs> Oh, it's right where you laid it when you came in after the last church service. How sad, how sad. Oh, use it every day, you won't lose it. Amen, you'll know exactly, exactly where it is. Amen. Now, Baptists uh, insist on a saved membership. They've always insisted on that. Uh, Acts uh, chapter 8, and verse, uh, verse 36 through 38, there he talks about Philip and the eunuch. And, and uh, the eunuch asks Philip, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Well, uh, you've got to believe. If thou believest, thou mayest. You've got to be saved. He says, I believe. Well, they went down into the water. All right, came back up out of the water. Baptism by immersion. Amen. Uh, had to be saved first. Acts 2.41, They that gladly received his word were baptized. Same day were added unto the church. All right, so baptism, baptism is always before church membership. And that, that's been a big thing down through history. Uh, that's been a major, a major issue in early church history. That was a major issue. And, and it's still a major issue today, but a lot, of, a lot of folks have said, well, let's just not, let's just not make it an issue. No, no, it, it's an issue. It's, it, it is an issue. Let's just, let's just keep our eyes on Jesus and do it His way rather than try to please the world. See, see, Baptists stand for some, some things. And, and uh, fundamental Baptists insist on music that glorifies God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, a lot of them are straying from that, but I don't call them fundamentalists. I think they've, 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 they've 
lost some things. They've, they've turned their back on the Lord. You see, Baptists are more concerned with what God likes than what we like. How many times have you heard somebody say, but, but I like, and they'll, they'll name their kind of music. Okay, <laughs> A lot of kinds of music, all right? I like, but what does God like? Uh, especially in his house. We come and, and, and music has always been a very major part of worship, right? It's an important part of worship. And so if I'm going to worship my God with something that he hates, how's that going to work out? It matters. It matters. And, and by the way, when you get in your car, you don't change you don't change who you are. You are who you are. And if I want to glorify God in church, then I don't want to dishonor Him when I think I'm by myself because He's there with me. Music's important. Baptists have always stood, have stood for things that are, that are important like that. Music, uh, music's important. Ba uh, fundamental Baptists are separated from the world. I want you to see this one. Go, go to go to First uh, uh, Peter. First Peter. First Peter, chapter one, and verse fourteen: As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. Before you got saved, you didn't know, know any better, amen? Uh, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That's, that's the places we go, the things we say, the, the lifestyle we live, the way we dress, all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Uh, go over to chapter 2 and verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, we're to be a peculiar people. But, but Brother Black, I, I, I don't want to uh, dress churchy all the time because people think I'm weird. That's another way of saying I might look like a peculiar person. And Jesus said he wants us to be peculiar people. He doesn't want us to blend in with the world. We're chosen people. We're a royal priesthood. If you're a Christian tonight, you're special. You ought to look special. You shouldn't blend in with the crowd. No, you're special. And they can be special too. And, and, and if you'll share the gospel with them and, and, and invite them to church and Sunday school, they get saved and they can be one of God's special people too. Amen. Let's dress the part. Amen. Let's act like Christians, live like Christians. And in and, and, and every area, he says, all manner of conversation. I mean, that's our language. That's our activities, including recreation. All right? I mean, well, I'm just having fun today. And so we take off, on, well, maybe not all, but 98% of our clothes and we go out in public. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, my, I'm telling you what. Uh, you know, our, our, our dress, it, it matters. It matters how, how we look. 
Uh, it matters uh, that, that, we, that we look uh, proper, that we not be a, a, a hindrance to the cause of Christ. And by the way, men ought to look like men and ladies ought to look like ladies. I mean, you know, draw the line where you want. I'm not, I'm not going to preach particulars, but, but you know what a man looks like and you know what a lady looks like. Have, have you ever gone into a public place and there are two doors? All right? I mean, you, you, you need to, you've been on the road for an hour and you need to stop, okay? So you, you walk in the bathroom, I mean, in the, in the, in the, uh, uh, the rest area or, or, or the gas station and, you, and there are two doors. And, and the one has an emblem of... of a certain type of person and the other has another emblem and, and, and do you stand there and scratch your head and I'm wondering, I wonder which, which one should I go into? Now, now there's a new group of folks coming along and think it's just fine to go into either one and they'll just, you know, whatever they feel like on that particular day, all right? And, and I hope we're not going that far off. All right? I hope we're not that far away from, from uh, uh, reality. <laughs> Anyways, no, seriously, seriously. Uh, men ought to look like men. Ladies ought to look like ladies. I think, I think we, know what, we know what that means. And, and, and another thing about our, our dress and being separate and being different, um, you know, there was a term used years ago. Some of you older folks might remember hearing it. It was called our Sunday best. Yeah. Remember hearing that term, some of you? Uh, our Sunday best. There was, a, there was a time when your best was reserved for God because he's the most important person in your life. And so the best was reserved for him. Now the best is reserved for the boss on Monday. We dress up for the boss. We dress up for work. We'll put the uniform on, <laughs> but we dress down for God. These are trends that are going on today, and, and I'm, not, I'm not going that direction. You see, I, I'm, I'm going to maintain my fundamental Baptist heritage. I, I, am, not, I am not turning back. Uh, why are people leaving their Baptist heritage for the emergent church movement? Why, why are they doing that? Because they no longer stand, they, can, they no longer support the principles that, that Baptists have stood on for years. They, they no longer believe the book. They no longer uh, believe in, in godly music. They no longer believe in dressing like a Christian. They, they no longer believe these things. Attending church doesn't matter. And, and so they're just going to leave because they don't want to be identified with a group that doesn't stand or that they don't stand with anymore. And, and so they'll just change the name. I'm not changing. I'm not turning back. I, I'm keeping my eye on my Savior. I'm going to try to please Him. I'm not worried about pleasing the crowd. I'm going to stay with Him. Amen? Hey, hey, and then I would say for me, there's no turning back from soul winning emissions. Mark 16 and verse 15, And He said unto them, I'll Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. I would say there are probably a few places that haven't heard yet. Amen? There are few folks, probably quite a few folks, living in and around us that haven't heard yet. How can I quit? The job's not done. The job's not done. Uh, hey, uh, we, can't, we can't turn back. The job's not finished yet. Acts 1 and verse 8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the world. Uh, we have a responsibility to be a witness for God uh, in Jerusalem and Judea, the, the folks around us, and, and all around the world. Uh, we, can't, we, can't, we can't turn back. 
Uh, we can't scale back on winning the loss. We can't scale back on handing out gospel tracts. I want to challenge you, don't ever leave the house without gospel tracts in your pocket. I won't even wear a shirt that doesn't have a pocket. I'm serious. Out of the house, I won't. I remember several years ago, the kids got me one. um, Let's see. what MVD, I think it said. Most Valuable Dad or something like that. You know, it was a a t-shirt all fancied up, you know. And and I've wore it a few times in the house. I will not wear it outside the house. Why, are you ashamed of being a dad? No, I'm ashamed of being caught without gospel tracts in my pocket. <laughs> I, and I won't go to the mailbox without gospel tracts in my pocket. Well, why, why not, Brother Black? What if somebody's driving down the road and they're not quite sure where they're, where they're headed and they're trying to get directions and they, and they stop while I'm out there at the mailbox and they say, uh, hey, sir, can you give me directions to such and such a place? Well, yeah, yeah, here, I'll, I'll tell you how to get there. Now, you'll go down this, go down here so, so far and turn, and, and, and you'll, get, you'll get to it. You, you know, you're going the wrong way. You want to turn around and go back, and, uh, and I'll give them directions where they're going. And by the way, by the way, I gave you directions to XYZ business, but, but let me also give you directions to heaven. Here, would you take a few minutes and, and read this and tell you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven when you die? And you'd like to know that, wouldn't you? Well, yes, yes, I would. Now, what are they going to do? You, you've, you've already, you've taken time to tell them how to get to where, need, where they need to go. They also need to go to heaven. They're not going to refuse that tract. But if I went out without one, I'm not leaving the house without tracks in my pocket. Hey, we can't, we can't scale back on, on, on getting the gospel out, amen? We can't scale back on running buses and vans. It thrills my heart to know that y'all are still in the bus ministry. I mean, many have backed up on that. Many have gone out of the, have gotten out of the bus ministry years ago. The last time gas got expensive, diesel fuel got expensive, they, they, they quit running their buses. God will provide. It's a ministry that he loves. I'm curious, how many are here directly or indirectly as a result of the bus ministry tonight? Okay. Several, several hands. I'm glad we ran the buses. Amen. We can't scale back on that. We can't scale back on reaching seniors. They need the gospel. You know, their time's limited. Somebody's got to go to those nursing homes. Somebody's got to care for those those older folks. We can't can't back up on that. We can't can't scale back on our Sunday school and our vacation Bible schools and and reaching children and and on and on it goes, our church visitation and soul winning and and faith promise missions. And uh, What I'm trying to say is for me, there's no turning back from soul winning and missions. I want to please my Lord and that's important to Him. Amen. I, w- I want to please him. I want to, stay, I want to stay on course. And by the way, speaking of winning the lost, I, 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 hope, I hope and pray that you know you're on your way to heaven tonight. You've got to know that. This, this idea of, oh, I think I will. I hope I will. And, you know, maybe someday I'll take care of that. That won't, that won't cut it. Let's just suppose this is your last day on this earth. Oh, Brother Black, you're just trying to use scare tactics. I'm just being real. I mean, not trying to scare anybody, but I heard there's tornado warnings tonight. I think we're probably the safest place in Akron, okay? For two reasons. One, we're where God wants us to be, and two, this is quite the building, okay? Amen? But but what if? What if? 
What if some big funnel cloud comes along and, and knocks this thing down and we all, we all leave here like that, that crowd that when, when Samson got between the two pillars and shoved them out? Uh, what, what, if, what, what, what if we're that crowd today? <laughs> I'm not worried about it because I'm going up. Amen. What about you? What about you? You know, is that a concern? Don't jump up and run out because there's no safer place than here anyway, okay? But, but no, seriously, seriously, you, you need to get saved. You, you need to take care of that and make sure that you're going to heaven when you die. Amen? You need, you need to deal with that. Uh, and then I'd say for me, there's no turning back from serving the Lord. Uh, Psalm 100 and verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Oh, serve, serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. Uh, I'm not talking about just being a Christian. I'm talking about finding something to do for God and, and serving Him. Uh, in, in Romans 11 and verse 29, the Bible says, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. That may not be the primary interpretation, but I believe that we're not, we're not taking things out of context too bad, or, or, or I, believe, I believe we could apply that in this, in this situation. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Now, often we, we talk about, uh, about preachers. And, and when God calls a man to preach, he doesn't change his mind, okay? The calling of God is without repentance. I believe that. I believe that. And by the way, if you're here tonight and God's called you to preach, hey, God had to change his mind. All right? You may not be pastoring now. understand that. Find a place to preach. Uh, find a jail somewhere, find a nursing home somewhere, find, find somebody, find a church that doesn't have a pastor that you can help fill the pulpit in, uh, there, or, or find, a, find a way to preach. Preach to a Sunday school class, find, find somebody to preach to, amen, if God's called you to preach, find a way to serve God. But it's also said the gifts of God. God gave you gifts. I'm not talking about under the Christmas tree, man. I'm talking about you have abilities to do things. And you can, you're probably better at certain things than other people are. Use it for God. I mean, it's obvious there's a whole bunch of folks that get up, get up here in, in, in the, in the, uh, on the platform that are very gifted in the area of music. Very gifted in music. I, that's, that's obvious because your choir, uh, I mean, they, oh my goodness, uh, they're tremendous. They are very, very good. If you sing in the choir, thank you. You're a blessing. I'm sure your preacher thanks you. He's back there nodding his head now. Amen. Uh, you, that, you're using your gift for the Lord, but, but maybe you could join them. You see what I'm saying? Uh, maybe you can play an instrument. Find, find a way to use your talents for the Lord. I had the opportunity to come when y'all did that, that presentation here uh, uh, a couple months ago, something like that. And, uh, and I, I just saw Kaylee over there, and, and she, she, she played a major role in that. And, and, and I, as many folks were involved in that, I'd say probably, probably at least half of you were, were in that, so one way or another, amen? And what, what, what did you do? You found a way to serve God. Amen? Now, maybe nobody walked out. I don't know if anybody got saved during the, those, those, two, those two presentations or not, but I, but I got to believe some folks were influenced for Christ and maybe got saved at another point if they didn't get saved those days. You see, you, you, you use your ability for the Lord. Hey, drive a bus. 
Uh, thank God, again, we mentioned the bus ministry. Get involved in the bus ministry. That's a, that's a great way to serve God. Uh, get involved. Uh, go out and, and, and knock on doors and invite children to come to, to, come to Sunday school, to get on the bus. Uh, uh, drive that bus. There's, you know, be a bus captain. Be a helper on the bus. Whatever. There's so many opportunities to serve in the bus ministry. And, and I don't know about your buses, but our buses break down, preacher. <laughs> and, and if you got a knack at turning a wrench, we have a, we have a ministry for you, I guarantee you for sure. <laughs> Keep those buses going. Keep them rolling for the cause of Christ. Oh, there's so many things that we can do for the Lord, so many ways that we can, that we can, uh, that we can serve Him. And, and uh, oh, we, we, can't, we, can't, we can't turn back. We can't, we can't stop serving our, our Lord. Uh, and, and then let me say, for me, there's no turning back in my love for Christ. Revelation 2 and verse 4. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. You started out, when you got saved, oh, you loved me so much, you kept your eye on me, you were serving me, you were, you were doing everything, everything you could for me, you got baptized, you started tithing, you were faithful in your church attendance, you asked the preacher if there was some way you could serve, and you got involved. But what happened? Where'd it go? Are, are you as on fire for God today as you were that first year as a young Christian? I don't want to go backward. I, 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 don't, want, I don't want to look back. I want to go forward. Now turn with me to 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 11. First Kings 11. He was a tremendous, tremendous servant of God. His name was Solomon. And Solomon was, a, was quite the servant for the Lord. Oh, um, unbelievable, unbelievable. He built, he built the temple for the Lord, and uh, you've heard of Solomon's temple. And he penned some 3,000 Proverbs, the wi wisest man that ever lived. Notice what he says in verse 4. 1 Kings 11.4, For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. Verse 9, And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice. Now if Solomon could turn back in his love for God, uh, the, the, great, the great Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, if he could turn back in his love for God, I'd be foolish to think that I am not capable of doing the same. If Solomon could anger the Lord at the end of his life by turning back from God, certainly I could do the same thing. I, I, I need to be on guard. Uh, I need to recognize that, that, that I do have a potential for getting away from God, and 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 I, I've got I've got a resolve to do right. I've got a I've got to work at this. I mean, you don't reach your goals unless you set some goals. And and my goal is to please the Father. At the end of the day, when He comes comes home, I want Him to say, "Son, you did a good job." I want to please my Lord. I, I've got a goal, 
And, and, and I, can't, I can't get my eyes off of that. I, I'm liable to back up and not please the Lord like I should. I'm liable to back up and, and not love Him like I should. I said, I'm not turning back from the house of the Lord. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be faithful to the house of God. I'm not turning back from our Baptist heritage. I'm not turning back from soul winning missions. I'm not turning back from, from serving the Lord. I mean serving the Lord. And, and I'm, not turning, I'm not turning back from, from, from in my love for Christ. I want to stay steady and faithful all the way to the end. I want Him to be pleased with me. But I am human. I've failed the Lord before and I, I, and I probably fail Him again. Uh, but glory to God. Oh, I'll tell you what. There's never been one time, not one time that our Savior turned back from us. Not once. Oh, you might turn back and, we, and most of us probably have somewhere along the way and hopefully we've gotten back on track and if we hadn't, uh, then, then there, there's a call to do that this week. This is revival time. It's time to get back on the altar and recommit ourselves to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I apologize. Uh, that field's messed up. I, I plowed a crooked furrow, but, but by God's grace, if you'll help me, uh, give me a new field. I'm going to plow a straight furrow for you. I'm going to serve you, Lord. Uh, but the Lord never, 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 never turned back on us. Not once did He turn His back. Not once. Isaiah 50 and verse 7 tells us that Christ set His face like a flint. He was determined not to look back. He was determined to go all the way to Calvary for you and I. And though He could have turned back, He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. Yeah, he, he, oh, he could have got off that cross. He didn't have to stay there. He didn't have to go to the cross to start with. But he did it. He set his face like a flint and never wavered, not one time. Never looked sideways, not one time. And he went all the way. He was determined and went all the way to the cross to pay for your sin and mine. Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher. The author and finisher of our faith. He finished what he started out to do. Finished for Christ. He finished for you. Finished for him. Finished well. Please don't look back. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't turn around. Don't back up. Don't stop. Keep going. Uh, don't, don't look back for one minute. Just a glance and you'll go crooked. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, oh, folks, don't do it. Someday, someday, you'll hear the father say, good job, son. Good job, daughter. You put your hand to the plow, and you didn't look back. It meant so much to me. When my dad came home from working at Goodyear, and I'd been working in the field all day, and he'd come out and he'd say, you did a good job, son, thanks. Wow. Wow, you can't, you can't imagine what that did for me. You can't imagine what that did for a young boy. But that'll pale in comparison to hearing Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You were steady. You were faithful. You put your hand to the plow and didn't look back. All my heart goes out to you, young folks. You've got a whole life ahead of you. Don't mess it up. You'll, 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 you'll be sorry you did. Don't, don't mess it up. You've got, you got an opportunity that, that many of us don't have. 
Uh, I, I started out young, but a lot, a lot of these folks didn't. And, and they've got some things in their past they wish weren't there. You're starting with a clean slate. Get your eye on Jesus. Get your eye on Him and don't look back. Don't hesitate for one minute. Some of your friends might not appreciate it. They might not like it. Just get new friends. Amen? There's some good friends here in the church. All right? Uh, get, get you some good friends and, 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 and together with your friends, uh, serve the Lord. Amen? Don't, 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 don't go back. Don't go, don't go the wrong direction. Uh, there was no turning back for him. Don't let there be any turning back on our part either. Let's stand with heads bowed. Father, Lord, I, I know we've disappointed you along the way. But Lord, I pray that, that you'll forgive us. Give us another start. You've always been a God of second chances. Lord, I pray that if there's some folks here tonight that are regretting some decisions they made. That they'll make a commitment before you tonight to get back on course and to stay the course until Jesus comes. Heads bowed and eyes closed before I finish my prayer. I'd just like to ask you a couple questions tonight. You'd say, Brother Black, I'm saved and I know it. Could you lift your hand up as a testimony of God's grace? I'm saved and know it. Hold it nice and high for just a minute. All right, thank you. You may put them down. I believe every hand went up. Perhaps you couldn't raise your hand. You'd say, Brother Black, pray for me. I'm not sure I'm going to heaven. I wouldn't want you to go to hell, and you don't want to go to hell. I'd like to pray for you. I wouldn't embarrass you for the world, but could you lift your hand up and say, I'm not sure I'm saved. Pray for me. Anyone at all like that? Anyone at all tonight? Maybe you'd say, God spoke to my heart tonight in some way, Brother Black. Would you pray for me? Just lift your hand up. Yes, I see that hand. Others? Yes, another hand. Others? God spoke to my heart tonight. Pray for me. Lord God, I pray for these dear folks that raised their hand. Lord, many are already at the altar. God, I pray that you'd meet their need. Lord, that you'd give us a fresh start if that's what we need. Lord, maybe we just need to make a firm commitment that from this point on, we're going to do right. We want to please you. Oh, thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for going all the way for us. I pray you bless the invitation. We turn it over to thee. In Christ's name we pray. As the piano begins to play, won't you make your way to the altar? Come talk to the